Hey, 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 you guys. Thank you guys for being a part of Black Canvas. This is season six, and I have a very special guest, Mr. Perry Zulu Jr. He has been talking with me for the past couple of months, and we were able to get our schedules together for him to be able to talk and share his story. And he is an actor, a singer, songwriter based in Atlanta, Georgia. He was born in Rhode Island to Liberian immigrant parents and raised in Liberia and Ghana. Perry began demonstrating his gifts and talents in performing arts since the age of six years old and developed more of his skills and talent in singing and acting while growing up in the church. His musical career began in Stockton, California as he continued to advance his skills as an artist and performer and even a ghostwriter in the Northern California and Bay Area underground music scene. He's open for major artists. What's some of my favorites, actually? Keisha Cole, John B, Slim from 112, Mr. Fab, and many more, and toured all around California. His acting career began in 2013 when an independent filmmaker put him in a feature military movie, Bloated Minds, after being discovered in a barbershop in Decatur, Georgia. Since then, Perry has worked on several major slash independent films, TV shows, including Coming to America 2, The Suicide Squad, MTV, Revenge, Prank, Dynasty, ATL Homicide, and many more. And so we're going to stay tuned for more upcoming projects that, of course, Mr. Perry Zulu Jr. will be a part of, but we're just so grateful to have him and his time here on Black Canvas. Thank you, Perry, for being here. Yes, thank you for having me, brother. I appreciate you. Well, we appreciate you, Perry. Like I said, when I was reading, I was like, this guy's done only great things, but you have a great name, Perry Zulu Jr. I'm like, I wish I had that name. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, man. It's uh, a lot of people recognize the name. It, uh, I had somebody thought it was fake. I was like, nah, man, I was born and this is my name, bro. <laughs> it's a great name. And Zulu reminds me so much of um, I'm from New Orleans, so just being able to talk about Zulu and Pride and, and um, Mardi Gras, because that's one of the biggest parades in New Orleans. So I remember when I was younger, um, actually, I had some neighbors who were Indians, you know, would dress up in the Indian outfits and had a great time. And they would actually pass out coconuts. So when I was younger, I remember sitting on my mom's shoulder and getting these big coconuts and collecting them. So that was always, your name just brings a positive memory to me because I, I just remember that growing up. Wow, that's that's interesting, man. I never knew that about New Orleans. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, New Orleans got a whole bunch of things that we either can and cannot talk about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But the great thing here, we have you here. So I have some questions for you. So if you're ready, I'm going to throw some out and just give me your first initial response. All right, yes, so the sir. first part I have is um, in every industry, including the entertainment industry, it's full of competition. So what is one thing that you do to stand out amidst the competition that, of course, you have with acting and singing? Well, I would say being my most authentic self um, when it comes to acting um, or anything, just uh, singing as well, because um, I realized that we are all different. Um, I realized that we are all um, uniquely and wonderfully made by the creator. I'm a believer um, in the creator. And so I, I, 
I, I feel like there will never be another you. Um, there's there's a one specific Jarrell because your fingerprint is like like no other, right? And mine is like no other. And only you have yours and only I have mine. And so I just feel like in everything I do, that for me symbolizes, you know, you are just unique. You are just you. And, and bring that real you, that authentic you to the table in all things that you do. And for me, that's what I, I, I think makes me stand out, um, you know, or I would just say that's what anybody, any artist you consider to, you know, as an artist, it makes you know that, you know, you can just be yourself and you're not here to prove a point trying to beat somebody in a race. It's, it's a marathon and you are uniquely and wonderfully made. I love that. And it kind of goes into my tagline, which I'll say at the end, I talk about uniqueness a lot of the time. And when I think of Canvas, when I actually wrote a book called Black Canvas, the whole premise of the book was to talk about just experiences that we all have, but that we all know what blank canvases look like. But when we think of the word black, people have so many different ways of identifying what it means to them. And so I wanted to do something where, hey, you can add colors to your own blackness and make it what you want it to be, but that you don't have to justify it to meet someone else's norm or their own specific um, thoughts as it relates to who you are. And so I love that you're being not only authentic and being able to be yourself, but that is what makes you stand out. And you've been able to do a lot of great things thus far, just based on who you've presented yourself to be to the world. So we're just so glad that you were able to find that, you know, because that takes a lot of strength to just be you and to show up and show out the way you have. So yes, let's sir. talk about yes, roles. Sir. So can you tell us, has there been one role that you've played in either a movie or even if you want to say if there's any, I don't know if you've done any plays or anything like that as well, but if there's any role that you've done that you like the most that stood out to you that you want to share with us? Um... Man, uh, which one? Uh, I would say for me, the the one that stood out the most was when I play an African prince on MTV Revenge Prank. Now, I've worked on television film uh, and films and the process of bringing these things to life, these different platforms to life when you perform on them is different. You know, it's similar, but it has its uh, perks and stuff like that and, 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 and different approaches. So... When you uh, uh, for for this kind of uh, project, it was about pranking somebody on live TV. So there's no cut, there's no um, there's no take five. No, it's, it's it's once we start, you have to stay in character, and you have to keep going no matter what the 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 person we're trying to prank throws at you. Now, for instance, who have a guy. Uh, of questions we're supposed to ask a uh, person we're in prank. But I want script said, ask the person, uh, where did you get your shirt from? And the person is supposed to tell you, okay, I got it from the mall. But let's say why in the moment you ask the person what sh- where they got the shirt from and they said, don't worry about my shirt. I want to know where, where you're from. Like, you know, and throw a different question at you. You have to be so good and confident and comfortable and, and, and skilled with improv uh, as an actor to, to flow wherever the person flows. So I love that experience because we are not just trying to 
prank somebody, but we also have to be so good at improv that no matter what the person threw back, we flow like water and without the person noticing that they're on a prank show because we had earpieces and all these secret, you know, like we're getting directions from the director and all that kind of stuff at the same time. It was nerve wracking, but very exciting at the same time because you only have one take <laughs> to do it. And then after you finish the take, then we can go go back and do some edits. So that was pretty fun and interesting. I never done anything like that before. Well, I love that, Perry. And for our listeners, if there was any kind of uh, weakness with the signal, I'm going to kind of paraphrase what Perry said, which I thought was really great. But I think the main part of it is definitely that improv was being an improv um, artists and being able to use a lot of that in your acting is important because you don't, never know what role you're going to get for the next job. But I think the best part, like you said, is just kind of being able to be ready and aware when it comes to live shows, just like this show, things happen outside of our control. We roll with it. You keep going because if that is the mark of a consummate professional is that despite what goes on when negative things are happening around you or when people you know, who are not ready um, for the scene, you get to sometimes show them, hey, I can kind of roll with it. It reminds me a lot of when I was younger, um, watching a lot of the, um, it, and you guys, of course, BET, of course, one of my favorite shows growing up, net, Networks, and it used to have like the Kings of Comedy, and it used to have like Comedy, comedy View and, and different things. We used to be able to watch that when I was younger. I shouldn't have been watching it, but I just <laughs> would go and watch watch this when I was young I just love to just see people you know just respond from the audience to the actual comedians and you could tell the comedians was like just going with it where it wasn't rehearsed and I love that Perry that's great right yes sir so yes, speaking sir. of roles do you have a certain process that you use as it relates to researching or approaching a role is there something you like to do to get prepared for roles yeah, um, for me, I like to, um, I mean, several actors and several teachings, um, techniques, you know, um, I have learned over the years, you know, can be used and every actor is different. But I would say for me, um, I like to build a good bio for that character, you know, and I think, you know, these are these are some things I did not really understand while I was uh, starting in acting professionally until I took some training and coaching and, you know, some good, uh, 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 you know, learning from some good critics, um, you know, so it was just, what I like to do is build a good bio about this character, try to answer these questions that makes this character a real person, not just somebody off that we just here to just, that's just here to see lines and stuff like that. But, you know, where is he from? Why is he this way on? And why does he say this line this way? You know, when you do the work, that's what people, uh, actors say, doing the work. You know, a lot of people don't know that you have to go and really, really dive in creating this background of the character by answering these questions as much as you can so that everything you are doing um, from that script, you know, and, and I'm and, and, and some people would say they don't need to do a background. They can just go by what the script tells them. But I feel like the certain roles are different, like the MTV Revenge Prank. You know, the script is not wasn't something dependable to go off of so you had to also do that background um you know bio for the character where the character is from why the character is this way and why do they talk this way and why are they 
reacting this way and, and all these questions, you have to answer them behind the scenes so that your 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 character is, a, you know, is built up as a real person, not some figment of your imagination. Because the camera will see when it is not your most true authentic portrayal of what you're trying to depict. So we always want to give honest portrayal through the lenses. Then the camera cannot lie. If it is not true, you'll see it through the lens. I think that answers pretty much my next question, which is like advice to give to young people who are starting in their careers. I think that that is an amazing um, piece of advice is that the camera doesn't lie. Like you need to be authentic, share who you are. And then if you need help, like when you're going through sides and if for you guys who don't know what sides are, that's kind of the paperwork they use um, as relates to the actual script. And they go over it and talk about what's going on in the movies and or different plays or however people, you know, Broadway or films or short films. I think that's great that you can practice with someone, even like family sometimes, run the lines right. with them. And I remember when I was younger, um, I used to do a lot of, you know, TV stuff like commercial stuff and fun things that I was, you know, learning throughout my um, teen mm -hmm. years. And so my mom was all, we would run lines together and do fun stuff. And then being an extra in films, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like just being here until you realize, oh, there's a lot of stop and wait and a lot more wait. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember <laughs> sitting on a set for 16 hours and I was like, woo, you know, just waiting, waiting, waiting. But I think that that's a good thing because it teaches you yeah. about patience. But I had an opportunity to watch directors and the one director who I really admired, who I had the opportunity to work with was um, Malcolm Lee, which was um, Spike Lee's cousin and the movie Welcome wow. by Roscoe Jenkins. And that was just such a fun experience mm. and um, meeting some amazing actors and actresses from Monique to Cedric the Entertainer to Michael Clark Duncan, James L. Jones, like these kind of world-class people. Um, and it was just a great, and Mikey Epps, of course, who was, so funny. I have a funny, I'm gonna tell a quick story on this one, but meeting Mike Epps for the actual audition for <laughs> the movie, my grandmother was living at this time and she was in the late latter stages of dementia. And so I had taken her with me and Mike Epps was going up the, you know, these steps mm -hmm. and that they had in Treeport they were doing in this, this building. And so I was like, oh my God, that's Mike Epps, that's Mike Epps. So I was like, so like excited. My mom was like, who's that? I'm like, you don't, you know who Mike Epps is. So when she looked, she's like, oh yeah, I remember his face. And so my grandmother was like, oh, that's the son I taught, I taught that little young man in school. I'm like, granny, no, like <laughs> this is not someone because she was, uh, um, she taught music in um, school. So I kept telling, no, that's not. And she was like, oh, I'm gonna, so she went to go speak to him. Uh -huh. And <laughs> Mike Epps, you know, he likes to joke and cuss. Well, I'm not gonna cuss on here, you guys, but he had said, um, who the F are you? And he was like joking with her. And my grandmother turned around and looked and she said, I'll put you on my lap and I'll spank you. And that he <laughs> ran down the hall. He's like, this B is crazy. And he just ran and we just started laughing so hard. My grandmother wasn't laughing. But when I went into the audition, like Malcolm Lee was sitting there and I remember him from like Undercover Brother, which is one of my favorite movies. And I was like, oh, this guy, like, he's amazing. So he was like, do you guys know who I am? And I just started running mm. all the things I knew about him. He was like, how did you know that? I'm like, because I researched really well. And so Mike kept like, that's the guy with that crazy <laughs> woman that was with him. That'd be crazy. Don't put him in a movie. And it was just so funny. And they all just started laughing. 
any audition, I ended up actually getting the movie. And I think that made me stand out. So I always just remember just being on the set and just looking at him and he looked like, oh Lord, it's just this, that, that crazy guy. And it was just so funny uh, to be on the set with him. He was an amazing person. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't know you were in that movie. Yeah, man. I didn't have any oh. speaking roles. So I don't want you to be looking rewind like, wait, where was he? Like, but there was like a lot of parts in there where we just had a great time like running around in the movie and it had us in different parts of the house. And I ended up being in the movie yeah. for a couple of weeks. And then I had other personal matters to deal with. So I had to forego, you know, like finishing it. But yeah, I had a great time. It paid well. The food was great. I was like, this is right. just so fun. And I met a lot of great friends that I still even keep in contact with today wow. from that movie set. And that was so many years ago, but it was a great experience. Wow, that's awesome. So man. I have a fun question yeah. for you, Perry. How do you manage your personal and mm -hmm. professional life? And who has been one of your biggest supporters in your career thus far? Um, my, how do I manage my personal and professional life? Um, so for me, you know, as a man of faith, you know, I feel like that's where my balance comes from in life. You know, I'm a very, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Bible believing guy and, you know, I believe in, in the Lord. And so I, that's where my balance comes from. Um, so, but then also, you know, right now, um, I have a very good partner, my girlfriend, she's a very good partner. I think she gives me some kind of uh, balance with everything. There are times where I'm discouraged, right? You know, and I, I'm not motivated at all. And there are times where I don't know what's going on. I'm not booking auditions or whatever the challenges are for, every, you know, for the seasons, you know, she always have this way of pouring back life into me and, uh, you know, coming with something, you know, reaffirming the, the, the positive thoughts that I already know, but may forget in the heat of the moment sometimes, you know, so, she kind of brings a little bit of balance uh, to me as well right now, I would say. And, um, and then mostly my, my dad, my mom, they're always pouring out, you know, positive words to me. They're always telling me, you know, it, you know, you're going to make, you're going to be fine. You know, don't, don't stress out, just, um, you know, take your time. And, you know, they're always trying to make sure I'm on the right path and giving me, uh, reminding me of just staying focused and all that kind of stuff. So I have, I have a good network of people in my family, you know, in my personal circles and, you know, um, and in my professional circle, just a few, you know, every acting person has a tribe of actors you rock with, you know, and these tribe of actors may not be a huge community, but we all want to see each other win, and we all want to see each other grow. So we all cheering for each other, you know, and I have a few of those too. So that kind of gives hope here and there. So I would say that's how I balance that. You know, I just also, I also try to make time, you know, to not get so focused chasing a dream or chasing or working my career so much, I forget to have a life. So I also try to balance family time, you know, well as well with, acting as well because at the same time you know life is going on we're aging so you gotta you gotta make sure balance is everything I, I would say that's how i do it you know 
I think that's a great answer to it because I think people forget that we have to still be ourselves and we can't get so fixated on chasing something. But when you're living in a moment, it becomes yeah. your reality. And so I do agree with you, like auditions, that's mm-hmm. going to happen. You can be the best person for a job and still not get the job. And I'll use an example mm-hmm. of that for myself, um, being a licensed professional counselor. You know, I love being able to help people. But I remember my first interview I went on and I was racially profiled in this interview and talked down to, I was um, 18 years old. I'll never forget that experience. And wow. and this guy made a comment and he said, you don't sound African-American on the phone call. When I, when I had called him originally, when I was actually in person, he was like, oh, I was shocked. I had no idea. And I said, well, how do you expect African-Americans to talk? And he couldn't give me a direct answer to it. So I knew I wasn't going to get the job, but wow. it helped me from every other interview from there. I was always, you know, just prepared emotionally for if I hear something that's inappropriate, I can still be prepared for what I'm going to experience. But it also taught me to never give up on myself. And so that has been a life lesson I've carried with me um, in my entire career. I don't have to be what someone else wants me to be, but the intonation and inflection of my voice can still be me. And that's okay. And if someone doesn't like it, they don't have to listen to it. But I do know that that also showed me that there's a lot of ignorance in this world. And, you know, I don't have to be victimized because of it. I can still be diverse and share my own strength and wisdom and hope in my own actions and my words. And people can be on board with that. And if they're not in that tribe, as you mentioned, um, that's okay. My tribe can be very small and at least I'll be happy with myself instead of me trying to be mm-hmm. something some, that I'm not for someone else. That's great. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So I'm actually going to quote you, Perry, on something that you said. So I'm going to see if you remember this quote. <laughs> so Perry, you had once said, I'm going to say this is one of his, his best quotes that I love, is that I want the world to know that it is best living and doing what you love and feeling fulfilled, whether there is a huge reward doing something that doesn't fulfill you at all. And so I want you to kind of explain what does fulfillment mean to you doing something you love and feeling fulfilled? Yes, uh, I remember that, by the way. (laughs) And thank you for uh, coding that. Um, Yes, fulfillment to me, it's it's the the feeling you get the satisfaction of feeling of you being on this planet makes sense you know um i feel like we are all created and put on this planet for a reason we are are here i think we are all here supposed to be making this place a better place that's how i feel and so fulfillment is that it's whatever i'm doing with my life whether I'm doing it, you know, what, whatever it is, whether it is, it is, it is a career, whether it is just, um, uh, you know, a charity work, whatever, whatever I do as a person, you know, the satisfaction of feeling like I contributed positively to this environment, to this world, you know, I left a positive mark on somebody that's fulfillment to me. So for acting for me to say, I'd rather be doing something, um, fulfilling, you know, when I was in college, um, all I wanted to do was performing arts. So in California, I went to a community college and the, the, the courses I took were all performing arts. And then 
as I pursue my dreams in music, you know, people always say you need to have a, a plan B and plan, you know, and and I, I, I had ran into some stumbling blocks before. And so I started to listen to people. And when I came there, you know, and then I went back to school for something else. I started to get into visual arts and, you know, computer stuff. And I realized I was very miserable. It's nothing wrong with visual arts and, you know, computer technology stuff, but it, it was not me. And I just was, you know, miserable learning this, this, this thing. So I kind of learned that, you know, at the end of the day, what is it that I do naturally um, or with, you know, with some skills uh, uh, to enhance my abilities as well. But what is it that I do effortlessly uh, that brings me um, satisfaction and, 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 and helps me to be, you know, a person that leaves a positive mark on people. So acting for me is, is kind of like that, you know, it's not a hustle, you know, for me, I feel like when something is just your hustle, I feel like when something is just your hustle to make money, if we're not careful, the motive can be driven just by money. So I could be a, I could be a very gifted rapper, but now it's all about money. So I'm going to have to rap content that's going to destroy my, my community instead of build my community because I'm getting to the bag. I'd rather be a rapper that speaks something into the life of a young boy or a young girl that will push them into a positive way where they don't have to end up in the penitentiary. You get what I'm saying? So fulfillment to me is that. It's like whatever I'm doing, um, whether I'm getting paid for it, a million. if I'm getting paid a million dollars or I'm getting paid $500 for a role, at the end of the day, did I feel good doing this? And did I really, really do a great job that when others see it, they are touched by it? Now, there's sometimes I may play a villain and I'm going to play a hero. But, you know, at the end of the day, still, did it, did, was it a great shot that I, that I did and a great thing that I did? And also the platform of that. Did I use the platform for good or did I use it for evil? That's what fulfillment in this life means to me. Wow. I think that was a great explanation of fulfillment. I think, I mean, it really was. It just, it completely resonated with me. Um, when I think of fulfillment for myself, I always look at, do my values actually line up specifically with my purpose? And I felt like our value system and our moral compass can definitely be skewed based on experiences we have or people we hang around or even our, our upbringing can definitely change um, the value system that we live by or we choose to live by. But I think as it relates to just fulfillment, you know, I love um, a quote that I saw online. Actually, it was a picture online and it talked about your cup being half full or being half empty. But then it had an, another part that said, is it refillable? Wow. And so I was like, wow, I, I never thought of it like that because we a lot of times think in pessimistic or optimistic viewpoints. But it's hard to actually look at it as, hey, this is refillable. I can continue to pour positivity in my life or I can mm -hmm. allow the negative uh, the people, places and things to dictate how I see myself, how I show up in this world. And also what I continue to rehearse in my mind, which then becomes reality. And so I think for a lot of artists, um, I had an opportunity to interview some other people in the entertainment business and some of these 
interviews. And one person did mention, he said, you have to have a certain level of narcissism, as he mentioned, it doesn't mean you have to be narcissistic, but he was like, hey, you have to believe in yourself because, uh-huh. you know, you go into an audition, you go into a place, if you're not selling yourself um, and not actually selling yourself, but like, if you're not actually telling people, hey, this is what I bring and this is how I want to be paid or treated, people are going to always offer you bottom before top. They're going to always tell you, hey, this is what I can give you. And they forget that you're worth more than what you're actually being um, given, whether if it's the time they're giving you, the energy or the money. And so you have to know when to tell someone you're not going to be disrespected. Uh This is what I have shown up to and this is what I can give you. And if this is not what you're willing to meet me halfway, then I need to move forward. And I, I... live by that statement. If I start to feel, hey, things aren't going the way it should, I have a right to, to sell an assertive right to tell people this is mm-hmm. what I will continue to do. And this is what I'm choosing not to do. Um, and I think like we all have to remind ourselves of that, because if we don't, um, we can just become pushed into areas that we're uncomfortable, or we'll burn out really quickly. And we'll lose focus on the reason and why we're doing what we do. Right, right. So true. Yeah. So, Perry, I got a fun one for you. This is one I like to ask every guest. If you could give <laughs> your younger self one piece of advice, what would you tell to young Perry? And I want you to think of an actual age that you want to tell him. Uh, um, younger self. Hmm. So I would say, let's say probably 15, uh, younger Perry. Because from 8 to 14, I was, you know, I really, my challenges was different at that time. So I would say from 15 years old, I would tell younger Perry to um, To, to to kind of stay on the path of knowing how to stay humble, you know, and understanding that timing is everything. Um, and what, what I mean by staying humble is not saying belittle yourself or your strengths, you know, your gifts or anything like that so others can just walk all over it. Or No, humble meaning like, knowing how to not have a high mind and pride of what you think it is that you do so well that you can, you can learn from nobody else. Um, I would say humility is something that is very powerful. Um, The fact that I may have, you know, some superiority in anything, but I can still be humble in a room to be like a sponge to absorb whatever else is in the room to my benefit. I think that's a very great way to a young man growing up. You learn a lot. You become wise from humility. Um, and so I would, I would tell young Perry to just remain humble in a way of just willing to learn, even though you may have an ability or you may have some things that you think you can do so well, but still have this heart of humility where you can learn and that will come with patience and learning also, under, I mean, with understanding also that everything good worth having takes time. And 
the timing is the issue with a lot of young people and dreams, even with myself as a grown person too. So it's kind of like, you know, timing is everything because if, if we don't understand timing, uh, we would not know how to wait for our, our moment. And I, as a believer, I, I love the timing of God. He has a perfect timing for everything. Timing for us to reap a harvest, timing for us to wait a little, timing for us to go through a process. And this whole journey as, a, as an artist, as an actor, as life is a process anyway. So I would tell younger Perry to be humble and trust God's timing, if I can just summarize it. Yeah. I love that. I think that is a great point as well of like being a spiritual person is that you can find the purpose through some of those negative experiences as well. And that just because I'm going through pain doesn't mean it's not joining the other side of the pain. And as you mentioned, you know, having a spiritual belief system helps to ground you. So I always tell people it's not about watching the seed grow into this amazing flower. It's about you planting the seed nurturing it, pruning it, doing all the things you need to make sure that it gets the adequate sunlight, water, all that energy that it needs to become something great. And that way, when we can see it later and the whole world can see who Perry is now, you know, he doesn't have to depart from what he was taught. He doesn't have to feel as though that he can't become something greater than who he once was, but he can appreciate that it took years to get to this point. And now when he looks back at the harvest and he can look back and see, oh, this is why I went through this, or I still don't fully understand why I'm going through this, but it's helping me to grow as an individual because I'm not breakable. You know, that the bond that you have with your parents and the bond that you have, you know, with your girlfriend and with other people in your tribe with acting, all those people have played a role in who you are as a human being. And then you get to reciprocate that and actually showing up as an actor, as a singer, as a songwriter, all these things you've been able to do, we get to see it and we get to appreciate the greatness that you have. So I love, Perry, that not only you were here, but that you were able to kind of share a part of yourself because hopefully there'll be a kid or an adult or whoever's listening that will be able to resonate and say, hey, Perry is just like me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. That's pretty, uh, I mean, that's all we can be, man, just be our true self. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Oh, no problem. So I have one more question for you, Perry, and it's a two-parter. What's next for okay. you, and how can our listeners find you online? Um, so our listeners can find me online uh, on Facebook. I'm Perry Zulu Jr., and I have another uh, artist page, just Perry Zulu. Uh, you can follow me on that on Instagram. I'm uh, Zulu underscore Bloodline. That is uh, Z U L U underscore Bloodline. You know, on Twitter, I'm Perry Zulu Jr. as well. Um, and um, the second part to that question, um, what is next for me? I would say, ah, the next for me, man, is just making sure there is a role I'm I'm working towards getting. And I feel like that's one of the next things for me. Um, I can't talk about it yet. But the next thing is just being able to just um, put put out music, um, art, and, you know, have a, a, use a use the platform more and more in a positive way. 
putting out positive music, putting out good content, putting out good uh, movies, films, and stuff like that. But using the the overall platform um, to inspire our younger men and women into excellence. I feel I feel this, uh, this um, responsibility to to give back in in terms of what I've experienced or what I have learned as a man so that our young people, our younger generation can start to understand how to carry themselves in a positive light. I feel like there is this always say black excellence, black excellence. And I really want us to grab what that really is all about. And sometimes, you know, um, our young people don't understand what that is. Not everything is black excellence. And I feel like sometimes those of us with influence who have the platform to really guide our younger people in the right direction of what black excellence means as far as the African-American community is concerned, don't really do that because for some reason, it's kind of like most of our influential people today will say, I ain't nobody's role model. You know, I'm an artist. I ain't, I ain't you know, I ain't, I ain't nobody role model. And, and I feel like that's like an excuse for you to just, um, just selfishly gain and not give back. And so for me, I feel like my, what's next for me is as, as, as the, the more and more I grow, I want to put good content out, good music, good art, and use the platform to pour out into the younger generation something that will point them towards being people of integrity, respect, dignity, and the overall understanding of Black excellence in this world. Because it's been hard for us as Black people. And I feel like we are doing better, we are growing, and we are getting ever stronger. And so um, that would be something that's next for me in life, you know, as long as God will permit. Thank you so much, Perry, for saying that. I mean, as a counselor, I always have to be careful what I do and do not agree or disagree with. But I will state, as Perry said, is that um, especially people of color, we, we have to be able to be respectful of each other's experiences. And we also have to be aware of that people have a right to their viewpoint and that we should be able to respect that as well. We don't have to agree with everything that some people do or don't do, but being respectful and being yourself, as he said, and also being able to remember what we stand for. And I think that's a great message of just not only just Black excellence, but just being an authentically African-American person who is showing yourself to be true to who you are and also helping people along the way. Absolutely. Helping others along the way is very important. Yes, sir. Well, thank you so much, Perry, for being here on Black Canvas. I've had such an amazing time. I know that this audio, you guys, if there's any parts that you missed, that's just, you know, the negative energy trying to take over. We're not about to let that happen because Perry did an amazing job and he shared himself and we're not concerned about that because the ultimate goal is that he'll hopefully be back in the future. And Perry, I would love to have you sing because we would love to hear your amazing voice on my second podcast, Space Between. And so I will get with you for sure and we will set up a date and time so we can hear how this guy actually sung with Keisha Cole. I would love to hear more of that story. And then also just getting to know more about you in every facet of your career. So we're just so glad to have you here. Yes, sir. I'm so glad we were able to get to it today, man. Thanks for having me. I think what you're doing is very great. 
um, is very positive. You, you know, you, you're very patient and uh, you voluntarily reached out and wanted to just uh, have a discussion. And I, I was just humbled to know that, man, this is a blessing. You know, the fact that um, I'm on this journey and others can see uh, 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 see see what I'm doing and say, you know what, man, I want to sit down and have a talk with you, man, just about life and how far you've come. And I think that's very encouraging and inspiring to me. So thank you for having me and thank you for being patient. And I hope uh, we we got uh, we got something positive out to the listeners. And uh, yeah, man, hopefully the next time we can come together and, um, you know, have, you know, do the, the singing part and have fun on that. Oh, yeah, we're going to have a great time. Now, Perry, I'm not going to be singing with you. We're going to have a good time listening. <laughs> All right, Perry. Well, thank you for being here. And let's remember, you guys, to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Thank you so much again, Perry. And I hope you have a great rest of your evening. You too, right, sir. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oh, oh, oh.